Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode number 45. On today's show, Gavin's in the hunt for trophies. Pirates add firepower to their squad and big Premier League transfer news. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Game Time on Mahi Gang 96.7. <laughs> I just I was speeding all the way through that and forgot the I think it's yeah, 96.7 FM. Uh welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sloop Powell, and of course I'm not alone. Rumor has it Gianluigi Buffon has posters of Mr. Sean Roberts in his bedroom. True story. How are you doing? True bro? story. Just call me Gianluigi. <laughs> I'm good, brother. Thank you. And, uh, you know, new new Juventus coach did a tell-all interview with me. Uh, you know, you know, Pirlo is the new Juventus coach. He told me that he looks up to Teco Modisa and wants to be like him wow. when he grows up. Here we go. Wow. Slow. Wow. <laughs> Here we go. Teco, how you doing, bro? I'm awesome, dude. How are you? I'm all good, all good. I only know one person with better jokes than me. <laughs> and his name is not Sean Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Joke of the day. Joke of the week. Mm. Simon, this is for you again. <laughs> I'm reading a good book on the history of glue, but I can't seem to put it down. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it man. Is. <laughs> wow. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Nothing. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, and from there, we dive straight down into pole position. Pole position. Well, we've been talking a lot about sundowns and chiefs as of late, and we are going to be talking about chiefs a bit later on. But I think it's nice for us to talk about uh, Orlando Pirates for a little bit to start the show off. And they've just announced Tyson and Hotto. So what are Pirates title chances next season? We asked you all to send your voice notes through. A few of you came through for us and uh, here, let's have a listen to that. Hola, Tecomodisa and Sean Robert. Uh, this is Bong speaking here. Yeah, Orlando Pirates have made a great move here yeah, by signing Tyson and Otto. They will save us from the title draft. Yeah, good day. It's Orlando Barca from Somerset. I think the signings of Orlando Pirates have announced now. They are bringing a lot of good positivity and will create lots of chances like in the new, for the new campaign. Uh, the arrival of Trenes Laswayo and Dion Otto will literally uh, kind of bring stability to the team. Stability to the team, which is something that I, I kind of like as a transition because uh, we won't dive into any, um, let's say, legal issues that any of the players are currently facing. But the team itself has just been going through a lot recently. Um, I think we it's fair to say they, they didn't have the smoothest run in the bubble, but also it's just been, you know, there was rumors of Zinbauer leaving, even though he's been doing pretty okay. Right. Um, and it's just been a strange season as a whole. You know, if we if we go all the way back to the start of the season, coach leaves, they need a new coach, they're struggling. So now we have a guy like Tyson, a champion with Bidvestovitz, Bafana Bafana captain, another guy like Hotto, also a, a, a full international with Namibia, uh, coming to this troubled team who will be competing at continental level again. So when it comes to the stability that these fans are talking about how important is that sean in terms of just letting them breathe a little bit of of, of fresh air over here i mean you hit the nail on the head there it's it's, it's bizarre how zimbabwe has been linked with a move away from the club and he has been linked with the move i think what he's done has literally transformed the club in the past 12 months where they were 10 months ago and to where they are today is two different completely two different teams but yeah uh someone like um Tyson is massive. He's a he's a hell of a pro. Um, pros that are quite rare these days to be involved in the PSL. He adds value. Whichever team you got, I had the privilege of playing with him at Ajax, and I could see he just had a great future ahead of him. And he's mm. such a youngster then. But but yeah, I mean, Otto as well down the flanks. Quality quality players and and positions that Pirates needed to fill. And if they wanted more stability, they still need that goalkeeper. I think they right. still need that sort of goalkeeper to solidify that spine that we always talk about just to have your spine sorted and and Tyson for sure brings that um, stability into not just the defense but he's such a leader that it carries through to the rest of the team now let me ask you this because 
Tyson, it, it seems like the easiest fit where mm. he goes right in, in at center back, partners Happy Jele. Uh, but when it comes to Hotso, it becomes more more of a who do you pick uh, mm. sort of situation because you've got Lorch, you've got Vincent Pule, Gabadinho Mahango. And so who, who, who does he walk into that starting 11? That's a good question. I mean, is I don't know if he's. Um, is he a foreigner? Has he been playing in South Africa for X amount of years that he's South African now? Or he's got citizenship? Because that, that makes a big, big difference as well. But for me, he's a starter, for sure. I know Lorch has had, hasn't had the best of seasons, so you've got to automatically ask yourself, would he sort of substitute Lorch in a way? That's the, obviously the wrong word to use. Would you bench Lorch? Um, I would bench Lorch. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would bench Lorch. And you can't use that as a as a, as a, as a heading now. Um, I'm just saying, would I bench Lorsch for Hotto? Um, and if you put their two seasons up together, yes, I think everyone would say yes. But I'm yeah. not saying Lorsch. Lorsch is a fantastic player. He's just struggled this season. Yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Um, but good question there. I see what you did this Deco, I mean, I, I, I can throw the same one at you because here's the thing. Uh, he mentions goal control. Well, he mentions uh, the seasons that they've had, right? So I, I mm. checked and Hotto has 10 goal contributions across 28 games. But of course, the season prior, 2018-19, he had a, a breakout season, double digit assists. Um, uh, well, let me not say breakout season, but a, a fantastic season. Um, so, and, and then you compare him to Lorch, who had very minimal goal contributions last season. Um, how do you see what Zimbabwe picks his 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 front his mid his midfield three and his front three? What do you see him doing next season, Deco? Do you see him also just relying on a guy like Hotto uh, over someone like Lorch who's been troubled, or do you think he'll keep the faith in Lorch? Hey, slow. Gonna put me in trouble, eh? <laughs> um, I think he'll, he'll find a way. I think uh, I like Coach Zimbabwe and, and what he's done with a lot of pirates. I think he'll find a way in squeezing in Hoto. But also you need to understand that at, at Vets, Hoto was playing under a different coach and a different system. And there were a lot of things that were required from him that are working well for the team. And then you come into Orlando Pirates, it's a team that doesn't rely on crosses. It's a team that plays in between the pockets and relies on combination play. And then the question will be, would he, would he be able to, to play in, in those pockets? Would he, is, he, is he comfortable enough to play in, in, in that kind of situation? And uh, you, you, you com- if you have to compare him with Lodge, I think it's unfair. I think Lodge is... Lodge has proven himself how great he is. Mm. Yes, he had a bad season. Um, everybody's there to see. But I think these are players that can coexist in the same uh, starting eleven. Mm. That uh, that can bring um, more excitement, more more energy into the team. Because I think Hoto will come in as a person that needs to prove a point, that he can also deliver the same results in a big team like Alana Pirates. But... Uh, but the challenge is London Pirates is very, very big. The demands are too high. You need to play at that level every week. So sometimes you see players that come, especially attacking players that come from not so great uh, big teams that uh, come to, 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 to this um, stage where the demands are too high. Sometimes it becomes too much for players to bear. But I just wish uh, Otto luck. But I think they can coexist and uh, with Tulan Fashwari, we all know his, his, his presence, his leadership. I think we've spoken about it at length so many times that Tulan Pirates, not that Lehipi is not a leader, but they need more leaders into the team. That helps also with, uh, with, uh, with them being a stable team because obviously they signed Hoto and uh, Tulan to, to reinforce the team. And I think at the back there, people start fighting for their position. And I think that's what uh, Tyson brings because I think also Nyauza as well had great games as well. So we can't automatically assume that Nyauza will be the one that goes out. Anything can happen. We'll all see what Zimbabwe has in mind. But um, like Sean has said, I think they still need to enforce in terms of the goalkeeper. I think that's where they don't have enough depth. Um, everywhere else are taking options. They're there. It just, it's just that it's a matter of time where Zimbabwe can actually find his good attacking team and stick by it. And, uh, and and I believe that Orlando Pirates then a better chance next season because this is a team that's just it's not it's not going to be a new team it's just going to be a continuation of the understanding of the guys and the coaches as well. I think Orlando Pirates then 
to be a team that is very, very, very threatening next season and very exciting as well. Uh, Teko, just a question for me. Uh, so we all knew what Hotto brought to Vitz, um, and they definitely played a different style of football. Yeah. So do you think that Otto is an interesting signing for Pirates? Uh, do you think it's a needed signing for Pirates, given that he's not used to the style that Pirates play? Um, and, and do you feel that, this, like you just said, it's not a new team, but it's certainly an improved team with the signings being made. But just just back on Hotto, what, what, what do you think of that? Do you think it's a it's an interesting signing? Did you, did you see it coming? Or or like basically, do you, can you see him add value? Look, if 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 Vitz wasn't in the situation where it was, I wouldn't see this one coming. Yeah. But with Tulani, yes. With with Hotto, I think he brings something that Pule doesn't have, that Lodge doesn't have, which is that speed in those down the line, crossing the ball. He's a typical player that you can use whenever you play a counter, uh, maybe a team that plays on transition. And he's good at that. At Vets, you could see he was very good at that. But then you come into a team where Orlando Pirates is a team where they play so-called small teams. The small teams who have to retreat and Orlando Pirates who have more of the ball. So therefore, you're required to be able to play in between those spaces. My yeah. question is, would he be able to adapt into that situation and be a better player by adapting to that? Of course, we know his strength. Would he, be, would he, would he show us the other side of him that we've never seen? Because of adverts, those were not required. Vets, it was straightforward. You play down the line, you bring in the crosses, you do what you have to do. At the Lano Pirates, there's versatility. He might be uh, having to adapt to play on the right because I've seen him play at Vets. Whenever he plays on the right, he doesn't feel comfortable, always go back to and play on the left. So you could see it that, that Pirates, they have Pule that plays on the right to so try to cut in and, and try to have a shot at goal. Will they be playing on the right as well? We don't know. We've seen Marco, how he does on the left. is very, very brilliant. His understanding and Memela. Mm. And Maela, sorry, is very, very good. Mm. So he just said, I think on the right has always been a problem. Yes, Pule is a good player, but Pule can also play as a 10. Mm. But you probably need maybe um, a Hoto to come in on the right to bring that proper balance. Because I feel like on the right-hand side, they never had a proper balance. Because you could see they're always changing their right backs. There's never been a proper balance on the right. But it would yeah. be interesting to see how Hoto fits in within the system. But for me, my advice to Hoto is be able to adjust to what the team requires, be able to adjust what the team requires because of sometimes we, we as teams, they buy you because of your uh, potential or the quality that you have. But when you come into the team, you require different things. So I'm just hoping with his experience, his international experience, you'll be able to adjust to that and be able still to be productive as he was at Vets. Yeah, agreed. Interesting stuff. Uh, we will see how Pirates do next season. They finished strong after after. A bit of shaky performances in the bubble there. And of course, we know the run that they went on through January, February. Uh, so them being in the CAF Confed is also interesting because it's just an extra competition for them. I, I mean, I know that it's the first time in a few years that they aren't CAF Champions League. Uh, but after the start to the season they had, they'll still be very pleased. I think we can move swiftly on to the international news disc. And for that, we are joined by international news correspondent, Mr. Kurt Buckerfield. Kurt, how are you doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey, Kurt Lynchies. <laughs> we are all good. We are all good. Uh, so we start with, um, well, this whole international news desk will actually be all about transfers in the Premier League. Uh, so... Thiago, after so so much speculation, at one point Arsenal was speculated, but I think it was always going to be Liverpool that signed him. Um, and he's finally a Liverpool player, and we got a glimpse of him against Chelsea. Uh, what do you make of the move? How do you think he's going to fit into the system there? Yeah, I think that, um, Slew, I think that this is a massive signing for Liverpool. It obviously goes without saying. Um, I don't want to just repeat what's being said out there. But it really gives Liverpool a different dynamic in that he allows the team to play with a totally different style. You know, under Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool have been about pace and power, about outrunning, about pressing, about outworking their opponents. Um, and that is, you know, hugely demanding both physically and mentally. And I think Thiago coming in allows Liverpool to play at a slower pace. They can dictate games and thus demand less from their players, specifically Salah and Mane, who are, you know, both uh, fantastic world-class players, but also both 28 or 27 now. So they're getting on. They yeah. can't run around like they could 
um, you know, three years ago or even just last year, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very demanding on their bodies. So I think it's, yeah, it's used for the dressing room. I think he's a player that comes in and, and other players want to impress. They want him, you know, they want to win him over. They want Tiago to look at them and go, oh, this guy can play. You know, Henderson wants Tiago to look at him and go, oh, this guy's not a bad player too. So, mm. you know, he came on against Chelsea when they were a man down. And I don't think that we can read too much into that specific performance. It doesn't give us a real indication of, of what he's going to do at Liverpool. But I just think it's prime time for a midfielder his age. Um, you know, Xavi, Perlo, Scholes, Iniesta, Xavi, Alonso, Modric, all these types of midfielders peak in their late 20s, early 30s. Um, Thiago's 29. Um, yeah, I mean, I, he fully understands his role. He's much more mature. He knows exactly what's expected from him in the position he plays and I can't see it not being successful. So let me ask this because you, I saw this, uh, you also tweeted that that um, uh, players like him are in the Xavi mold, the Iniesta mold where this is now their peak. And so I ask uh, about Liverpool specifically. Uh, last season, there was one point in the season where it looked like they might go for five trophies. Yeah. yeah, They were still in the Champions League, still in the FA Cup. And then that kind of all slowly dissipated and it was just the league. Yes. So do you think this Liverpool side is going to be stronger than last season? Um, I don't... Well, that's a difficult question. I don't know if they'll be able to retain the Premier League title. I think they'll obviously challenge on all fronts. Uh, Champions League, League, uh, Cup. I do believe that they will look more more pleasing on the eye in terms of the football that they play. Because, like I said, this gives Klopp a whole different uh, dynamic. It really does change the system. They can play through the centre. Liverpool don't usually play through the centre. They press and they counter-press and they break out wide and there's a bit of link-up, Firmino drops, and they, they usually go from either the right or left. And I think that this gives them a completely different dynamic where they can dictate games so yes, I do think that it's going to be able to, the system will be able to preserve the legs of those players, as I alluded to earlier. Um, mm. So I don't know if Liverpool are going to be stronger than they were last season. Um, I mean, winning the Premier League by as many points as they did is a phenomenal feat, and I, I doubt we'll see that again. But it, it's definitely going to keep them, you know, in the running for all of these trophies, undoubtedly. Okay, just a question for me. Uh, I mean... Uh... What do they pay? 20 million. That seems like a steal, hey? 20 million, yeah. In the last year of his contract, so 20 million. Yeah, okay. Uh, Deco, you're a centre mid yourself, so I want to ask you the question. Yes. Uh, Thiago, uh, you've seen him in the Champions League. Uh, mm. Is he immediately in the conversation of best centre mids in the Premier League? No, not a chance. I think he still needs to prove himself. As much as I know his quality, I've seen him in Bayern, I've seen him in Barcelona as well. I think the EPO is different. I think Kurt um, said it perfectly because when he came on against Chelsea, because I was watching that game, they were one man down, and um, it made it it made things look easier. But uh, it was very very nice to see how Liverpool played, especially in the second half when he was introduced. You could see now there's 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 more of uh, guys getting involved in terms of play because Liverpool ever since Klopp came in, I think it was a team that was very dangerous when the opponents has the ball because they'll press yes. you and create chances from there. And then now they have another guy that can actually use the ball very well, which they've been struggling to get. So I think it gives it gives other attacking options as well in the midfield to play because I think they were struggling to find a person that can play those passes in between in between the lines because now you've got your, your cater might start playing, might come out of his shell and start being the breeding that he mm. was. And then for me, it'll be very interesting to see also with, um, what's his name? The guy that played centre-back. That Fabinho. Is Fabinho. Yeah, to see Fabinho and, 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 and Thiago in the midfield. It'll be very interesting to see how Klopp will, will, will use those players very well. But I think it, it brings less stress into, into the pressing team because of now um, Thiago can actually pinpoint those passes with them being there without having them to run so much and press so high. And I think it, it'll be, it's, a good, it's a great sign from, 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 from Liverpool. But I think... That's that's a game against Chelsea. I don't think it's a game that we actually can start looking at Liverpool like it's it's gonna be you know yeah. one way traffic. Liverpool's gonna bring all those type of things, but I think it's it's just a glimpse of what we might see. Mm. But I think we'll, we'll actually test that test in Liverpool whenever they play against the bigger opposition because Chelsea is just um, I think it's school of excellence where there's too many young boys, there's too many young guys. It's a new team. They're still trying to find themselves, and 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 and, and Liverpool took took advantage of that. 
Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I'm scared. Uh, Arsenal face Liverpool next Monday. Terrified. You always bring Arsenal up. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the next to. match. Every single week. It's literally yeah. the next match. I don't right? get it. No one even spoke about Must Arsenal. Must I talk about two weeks from now who Liverpool <laughs> face? No one cares. <laughs> okay, uh, up next we have uh, Bell, uh, Gareth Bell moving to Spurs. And let me tell you something, Kurt. Yep. You caused a whole hoorah uh, with your tweet about whether or not he's a legend. I got a whole earful uh, from a, an unnamed Real Madrid fan. I won't call him out on his name. But I got a whole earful about how Gareth Bell is immediately a legend. All those Real Madrid players are legends. But uh, he's signed now for Spurs. Uh, tell me about what you think he brings on his return to North London um, and how important he is to Jose Mourinho's season. So before I do that, can you just tell me, that fan that you were talking to, was he from South Africa? Yes. Then he doesn't decide who club legends are in Spain. <laughs> Um, but on the on the 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 bail thing, I think. Look, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him back in the Premier League, but I am skeptical. Look, I I think that Spurs absolutely had to to go for it, especially on a loan deal, um, especially with Real Madrid willing to share his wage. Um, but I do think that many of the people screaming about this transfer with excitement haven't watched him play over the last two years because yeah. um, it hasn't been great. You know, he's extremely injury prone. He isn't the explosive player he was when he left for Real Madrid seven years ago. But they've signed him injured. Yes, he, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, yeah. Sean, he's actually out for a month. Yeah. So he's returned to the club <laughs> injured and he, I think we should expect yeah. him halfway through October. Um, you know, he's not as explosive. He's not as quick. Um, Bale's never been a player who controls games. He's a, he's a player who, who operates in moments. Um, and, you know, he's lost that pace. And I just feel like it could go either way. I also wonder how he'll get on with Jose Mourinho, whether he's serious enough to really knuckle down and try and get back to that level he was years ago. So I'm skeptical. I'm excited. Um, but yeah, man, I just, I can't wrap my head around... <sighs> People, you know, they still look at Bale as this player he was five years ago, where he was extremely, extremely quick and um, powerful. He's not that player anymore, and he hasn't been for some time. Mm. Um, mm. So it's going to be interesting. I think that on paper, you know, Bale, Harry Kane, uh, Son, it looks very, very dangerous. But who actually knows how many times they'll be on the same field together, you know, at the same time? So yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to see to seeing how it unfolds, but I am skeptical, and I'll I'll reserve my judgment for now. Now you know there was this whole thing with him last season about him, you know, having a, a bad relationship with Zidane. Yeah. Um, playing golf that was the big joke. So let me let me ask a, a guy like Sean. You know, <laughs> off the field antics are, are, are something I'm sure that you you're fascinated by. Um, <laughs> now he's going now now you now he's gonna be with with Jose Mourinho, right? Yeah. Um. And he's still got the same sort of injury concerns. Do you think that the the circus is going to continue with Bale? Or do you think that this is going to be a perfect meeting of minds? No, I, I don't think either. I, I don't think the circus is going to continue. I think this is a, a new lease of life for him. I think he's been made a bit of a mockery lately. I don't think people take him seriously as they used to. Because don't get me wrong, he was he was world class. He really was. Hence, yeah. he signed one of the biggest contracts ever. Um, but you're not going to get away with that with Mourinho, uh, you know, with whatever he wants to do. But I, and I, honestly, this is his boyhood uh, club. If, well, not boyhood club. I think he signed when he was 17 years old. You know, so he's he owes a lot to the club. He owes a lot to the fans. Um, he, I, I can't see him acting the way he's been acting in Spain, to be honest, because the, the Spurs made him. Mm. He, I wouldn't say he owes something to Spurs, but there's something special with Spurs in him. And I hope to see the older Gareth Bale. And so I ask you, with the older Gareth Bale, because I watched that, that Spurs demolition job over the weekend just now, where they, where they got five off the back of four Harry Kane assists, four Son goals, and the pace of Son was terrifying. So if we get peak Bale, that means down both flanks mm. on the break, mm. it's Kane in the middle and just like a world of pace so with peak bell where do spurs finish in the league top four. Oh. Top four yeah with peak mm -hmm. bell with peak bell. yeah Ooh. okay thank you all right all right is that okay um, is that okay with you kurt whoa shawnee <laughs> Jeez. um i'm not sure 
I don't know. I just okay. look. Okay, I guess what you're saying is with peak bail, and of course with peak bail they have a chance to be in the top four. I just don't know if yes. we'll see peak bail. That's my argument. But okay, yeah, for so, sure. So, so you, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Right. <laughs> so your, your your reaction actually wasn't warranted. In no, any way. sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, and then lastly from the Premier League, from transfer activity to a lack thereof, we look at Manchester United. Drag me. Uh, who. Whose, uh, whose struggles continued. Opening match lost to Crystal Palace. Convincingly. Uh, <laughs> even more embarrassing is the fact that a former Manchester United player, Wilfred Zaha, was the one at the center of that, uh, well, I won't call it a demolition job, but it was an embarrassment. Of course. Uh, so, Kurt, walk me through your feelings as a United fan. And also, uh, if there's any, I mean, there is some some whispers of a left back coming in, I've heard, but, but what's happening over there at Old Trafford? Well, yeah, my feelings are that of rage and fury. Um, I, <laughs> I think that, look, Solskjaer alluded to it after the game, the, the club, the team's short um, on personnel. Luke Shaw talked about it after the game. He said the club needs new signing. Ironic because he's one of the players that needs to go. Um, United <laughs> were utterly pathetic in that game and they've been pathetic in the transfer window so yes we've been linked with Alex Teles the left back from from Porto Brazilian international who's a good player um, but you know he's also been linked with PSG so who knows how that's going to go um, I just believe we we actually went backwards the way we started this game against Crystal Palace the way we lined up uh, if you compare that to the team of last season we, we've gone backwards. The team were, was a lot weaker. I mean, you know, you could, you could get away with having Daniel James as the only weak player on your side. You can get away with, with Fosu Mensa being the only weak player on your side. But when you have Daniel James, Fosu Mensa, Luke Shaw, Lindelof, McTominay, all in the same side, you know, you're just asking to be beaten. And I don't, I don't have anything against those guys personally, but I just believe that they aren't really good enough to be in a title-challenging team. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like a lot of those guys. I want them to do well. And I do believe they can be carried if they were around stronger players. But yeah, man, um, I don't know what's going on, Slew. I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm really hurting. I, I, I just don't understand where these signings are going to come uh, from. I, I see that we're linked with a new player every day now. Um, and it's just poor, poor planning. Um, I see a lot of people are now, you know, rallying behind getting the Glazers out and Ed Woodward. And yeah, I, I have no doubt that that's also affected the team, the, the negativity around the club. Um, but, you know, also, if you look at it from a footballing aspect, the players haven't had a preseason. Um, you know, they look tired. They look leg. They look very leggy. They look fatigued. Um, and I just don't see a way out right now. But, you know, just a few weeks ago, just a few months ago, we were raving about how Manchester United were finishing in third and going on to bigger and better things. So I do believe there are a few signings away from getting back to their best. Um, but those signings need to happen soon because once again, we, we are playing catch up, losing our first game. I see what's interesting is that they've got, uh, they're probably going to be starting Dean Henderson, the goalkeeper mm. against um, who they're playing. Is it, is it, uh, who they're playing? Is it, are you talking about the, the cup match in the week? The, the Luton game. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, they're going to be playing him because I know David De Gea is a lot of fans want his head chopped off at the moment. For me, he's still world class, but uh, Henderson's a proper goalkeeper. Yeah. He's really, really good. Very exciting. Interesting. Yeah. But Kurt, can I ask you a question? Yes, Tegel. Sure. Who told Maguire that he is a good footballer? <laughs> oh, no, Tegel, don't even get me started on that, honestly, because then we're going to have to go for another half an hour. <laughs> like... No, it's like Maguire and and, and uh, who's that guy Lindendorf or yeah. whatever his name is. They are horrible. You see, like you know, a lot of people will say things like, "Well, you know, when you're Manchester United, you you have to pay eighty million for a player like Maguire." But you absolutely don't have to do that if you have a sporting eight hundred thousand. Yeah. If you have a sporting director, someone who's in charge of these things, someone who knows and understands what the team needs, understands football, you don't pay 80 million for a player like Maguire. You actually don't pay anything because you don't target a player like Maguire. Yeah. So it just, it blows my mind, man. It really blows my mind. I, I can't believe that there are Harry Maguire apologists out there. And I, I, I really wanted Lindelof to succeed, but he's too slow. He's too slow. He's actually good on the ball, but he's too slow, too slow to react 
um, in terms of his running. I just, no, I can't. I can't. Sorry, I'm having a meltdown. <laughs> let me let me swing a question through to Deco because, uh, you know, from watching the match, you, you almost forget that Manchester United are in the UEFA Champions League this season. Oh, yeah. And so they have to come up against Europe's best. So... Uh, Deco, where do you see them finishing, uh, or, or how far do you see them progressing, rather? Uh, Chief, like I've I've just spoken about the two centre backs, how horrible they are, and that makes um, the hair also looks bad. And also, I think for me, Manchester United needs like a proper maybe central midfielder, the guy that can actually be reliable and be able to to allow. You know, I think there's more attacking options, but I don't think defensively the team is good. And that's where the problem is, because you can't just rely on the attacking options yeah. and then defensively you suck. And I think with those two centre-backs, both of them are very, very slow. And Maguire thinks that he's more comfortable on the ball than any player at Manchester United. That makes me very, very uncomfortable. And he always gets into trouble whenever he has, on the, he has the ball. He, he, he decides, I think, when... When things, when, when shit hits the fan, that's what he decided what to do with the ball. And with that quality, especially for playing for that team at that level, I think his quality is not there. And I think maybe right now there's still a chance for them to sign maybe one or two players for them to help them within the team. Because I think once they, once, once they start, you know, getting into understanding or whatever the case might be, because I, I've seen how social I was after the game, you said these players they look tired and all that type of stuff. But I understand that they were playing that's all. I think maybe next game they can pick up a battle with Maguire Lindelof. I don't think that that's a good combination at all. And playing against the best in you and you have a Champions League, it becomes a problem, Chief, because that's when you have your best strikers playing against your two top defenders, apparently. But I don't see them. I don't see them advancing any further. Yeah. Um, Kurt, before I let you go, uh, in terms of Manchester United season, mm. I mean, there's... Uh, two exact exactly two weeks pretty much left of the transfer window. Um, Dortmund seem adamant that they're keeping Sancho. What other and now Bale has gone to Tottenham. So what other options do Manchester United have to add some firepower? Are you talking about players like that we've been linked with? Yeah, yeah, transfer wise. Well, I, I, I saw that we were linked with Ismail Assar um, from Watford, who was relegated last season. Um, mm -hmm. I think he's been valued at 40 million. I, I know Liverpool were linked with him too. He is a right-sided attacker. I think he's not a bad player. I just don't think that United. Um, I think United should be looking for 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 better. I really do. And then in terms of centre backs, I'm not sure. I, I I haven't seen any names linked uh, in terms of centre backs. I think Solskjaer has actually said that they aren't after a centre back, which is uh, completely bizarre. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Alex Telles and a winger. I know it's Sancho. That's the the, the priority. Um, but then it's been Ismail Assar after that. So yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us on the International News Desk. Uh, of course, we'll see how the season progresses. It, it is still early days. Maybe we're vastly over it. It's early days you know. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Uh, but thank you very much, Kurt. Have a great day. Cheers, Jens. Thanks, Kurt. Cheers, man. Away, my buta. Buta. And from there, we move on to a story that we didn't get the chance to cover last week because it came, the, the, the story broke after we recorded. Uh, but luckily, it's a developing story still. Uh, Gavin Hunt is now the Kaiser Chiefs head coach. Uh, since last week, we've seen both Dylan Shepard and Arthur Zwanet uh, added to the technical staff. And, uh, you know, the excitement is building. I think the only thing that they're waiting for right now is uh, the, the verdict on their FIFA transfer ban appeal, because then they'll know if they can sign uh, players and add them to the squad now because at the moment because of the transfer ban they can technically sign players but they can't register them for the current season until they're, 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 the, the the two windows have been served mm. which is a lot um so um let, let me ask you you this what does hunt bring in terms of his coaching style to chiefs uh, that can transform them ahead of the next season? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Slew, but I think uh, Teko will agree with me here that what Gavin Hunt is, is he's a winner. He, he, he will tell the players what he expects of them individually and as a team um, and why he wants to win and how he wants to win it, and usually he gets what he wants. He's that sort of coach. You cannot, cannot be lazy under Gavin Hunt, and those who are will be exposed and 
don't be surprised see them on the transfer list but also what he's very good at he's he's known to give youngsters a chance so there's a lot of good uh, youngsters coming through the ranks uh, in Jabula Bloom for example at Chiefs that he will be given another chance because he's done well but he, you know he's, he's still getting there mm. um, and he's got ambitions you know I'm not saying uh, Middendorp didn't but um, Gavin Hunt has ambitions he wants to win he's done it at Wits he's done it at uh, Supersport and I uh, uh, I have no doubt he will do it at Chiefs. So, and I do think they, they're going to have to make a few more signings. They've got a bit of a, an aged teams, uh, an aged squad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's got his eyes on the players that he wants, if he can get them, obviously with a transfer ban. But what Gavin does bring to Kaiser Chiefs is that he's used to winning and he will want to continue winning for sure. On the chance that they do not uh, win their transfer pa- appeal ban, and he has to essentially keep everyone that he can. Expectations, trophy-wise, for this coming season. Look, I, I think so. The, the, the squad that Kaiser Chiefs have have been together a long time. Um, with a coach coming in like Gavin Hunt, changes will have to be made in terms of how players approach the game, how players approach training, um, and if they do adapt. Gavin is Gavin is the type of coach that can get the best out of every single player. Mm. So mm. Slew, without a doubt, I, I don't care if he makes his signings or not, but if the players do adapt to Gavin, um, they're in for a chance again, for sure. 100% for sure. All right. Yeah. Deco, uh, similar question. I mean, uh, Gavin, we, we've spoken about him being a winner. You have to fight for the badge. That's the type of player that he's looking for. A lot of the fan reactions that we've gotten in for this move has people saying these players aren't fighting for the badge. These players don't know what it means to play for Chiefs. Do you think that that's something that Gavin can instill in players of this age? You know, Slu, that thing of fighting for the badge and knowing uh, what it feels like or knowing how important it is to play for Kaiser Chiefs, I think it's subjective. Mm-hmm. Because once you don't win, people start saying that. You know, they start pointing fingers as you don't understand the magnitude of the team you're playing for, but in a nutshell, we all know that Kaiser Chiefs is a big team and it's supposed to be winning trophies as well. So I think that's where the problem is. And with Gavin coming into the team, I think well, all he needs to do is bring in the winning mentality that he has. That's it. And by doing so, of course, you know, not everyone within the players of Kaiser Chiefs will be happy because most of the players probably, those who are whiners, they won't like working with uh, the coach, because we all know how the coach approaches the game. And um, I think the complacency as well will change in the group. I think there's a lot of changes that Gavin will bring, but he's not scared to do those type of changes. He's not scared to use the the new broom to sweep that dressing room. And um, and I think to the fans as well, I think the style of play shouldn't be their biggest concern or their biggest focus, because this is a team that wants to win. This is a team that is desperate to win. And for one, to achieve that as a coach, there's a lot of changes that you need to do. You can't go on with the same squad and expect the different results. And I think it's been given a chance right now when it comes in uh, before the new season starts. Of course, um, there's going to be very, very, he's going to be very under pressure because there's a lot of expectations from him. But he's a coach that knows exactly what he's doing. And um, yeah, man, he's a fresh of breath, eh? I mean, he comes there, the, the post-match interview is going to be fantastic because Gavin doesn't swallow his words. You know, he will say it straight that, you know, the players, and, and because we've seen how Kaiser Chiefs coaches are, you know, we always try to protect the players, always do, which is great, which is fantastic, but it, sometimes I think players should take responsibility and Gavin does that. He doesn't, he wants players to take responsibility and we've seen and we've spoken about this as well, that Kaiser Chiefs needs more leaders on the pitch. And, uh, and the problem maybe that he, with him is his attitude. He will instill that in the players. Plus, he's got assistant coaches that will help him with Dylan knowing exactly what type of a coach he is. I think he will be a bridge between the players and him. He'll make the players understand what type of a coach he is. And Arthur will make probably maybe make reemphasize on the badge that everybody speaks about, knowing exactly what it is to play for Kaiser Chiefs. But I think the biggest factor in this deal is Gavin bringing in that winning mentality and the carrying and moving forward with players that wants to carry forward. And those who, who find it very difficult because number one, training sessions are going to be very difficult. They're going to be hard. And if you're a player that is lazy, that doesn't want to work, 
uh, that you're always complaining. You're not gonna like Gavin because Gavin is not there to make friends. He's there to 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 achieve what he has to achieve, and we've seen him doing so with so many with so many teams. So I think it's gonna be a big change in the dressing room in terms of the attitude, and that's what the Kaiser Chiefs needs. Uh, how much is riding on this uh, transfer appeal ban? Because we know, I mean, FIFA took a year and a half to to issue mm. the the ban in the first place for Dax. Um, we don't know how long they'll take, but how important is it? Do you think that Gavin is looking at that process and going, man, that could re- reshape the entire season? Or do you think he's going, I can, st- I can regardless of what happens, I have this core team and, and I'll be fine with that. I think it will be given a mandate. I think those are, discussions that were made within the contract itself whenever they had a meeting. I think with that burn still being in place, maybe if it's still there, they can't sign players, I think he'll be excused. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of ways the way he can find an excuse because now he needs to work with what he has and we've seen what he has. It's not good enough. But if if it happens that he's able to sign, I think that's where the expectations will be higher because of now he'll be acquiring players that he knows that will come in and and stabilize the team. And I think we all know that Kaiser Chiefs has been leaking defensively. It's been a problem with whatever system they've been playing. They've been using five, four, three sometimes, but there's still a problem. And I think Gavin will be maybe the first thing that he wants to sort out. And we know how he approaches the game. He's, he plays productive football. And I, th- I don't think if I feel sorry for the guys that um, are crowd's favorites, like Yon Changase, if you're not going to pull up your socks there with Gavin, you're not going to play at all. Mm. And I think it, it goes to every player that is within the Kaiser Chiefs. But it, the, Gavin doesn't care who you are. You, whether you come a billet, whether you live with Manyama, if you're not going to pull your socks with Gavin Han being in charge, Trust me, you're not going to play. And sometimes you need such coaches to change the fortunes because we can't always babysit the players. Because once you babysit the players, now the players start owning the changing room. As a coach, you lose the changing room. And I think Gavin is there knowing exactly what is it that he's supposed to do. He knows the pressures that come with coaching a team that is big as Chiefs that hasn't won since Kuvuki land. So he, <laughs> he wouldn't want to be he wouldn't want to be fired based on the player's performance. He will make sure that guys that don't want to work with him, they he let them go so that he can have the players that he wants to work with. That's what he does everywhere. He goes to Supersport, he did the same thing. He get to Vets, he did the same thing. I'm not expecting any difference from Kedichi. It's just that now the difference is this band that is just stay on the door that may be distracting him in terms of his plans. But I, I strongly believe that if that appeal goes through and then Kedichi Chiefs are able to sign players, you can see a different Kedichi Chiefs this is and that will be playing differently with a different mentality and that will be very interesting to see onwards we move to 10 quick fire questions uh 10 quick fire questions is where uh we get somebody on the line and put them on the spot this week we have uh, hi my name is tatana ritokwe super sport united player this is my 10 quick questions who is the funniest guy in the psl that you've played with <laughs> gabuza Gabuza, of course. And then who's the flashiest dresser? Around Aubrey and Grant. One of the two. Yes. And then who's the worst dressed? <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is the worst mistake you've made in a match? I think it was uh, our, uh, last game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last game against the Cape Town City. Uh, what, what did you do? No, there was a miscommunication. I see. It's yeah. All right. Uh, at Supersport United, if you were to call anybody to, to come and have a beer with you, who would you call? Jules. Uh, what is your favorite footballing memory? Oh, no, it was at the national team setup. And then what is the best goal that you've scored in a match? Uh, against South Africa, Kusafa. What type of goal is it? Describe it. It was a header on the last, in, uh, last 80 seconds of the game. Eesh. All right. What is your favorite car at the moment? Audi. R8. Yeah. What is your favorite local food? <laughs> um, pap, Siswa, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and Moro. Nice. And then, last but not least, what is your favorite holiday destination? Dubai. Uh, have you been yet? Not yet. Not yet. But blessed are those who fly to Dubai. And from there, we move on to the secret footballer. Secret footballer is where our guy, Sean Roberts, takes a look at the back page of Kickoff Magazine, where an anonymous individual tells a story about something that's going on in the league. What you got this week? Yes, sir. Um, I 
read this in the kickoff. He said, I think we've touched on this uh, uh, in one of the previous podcasts, but once you stand up and raise your concerns, you'll not be backed up by any other players. And I don't know if it's a South African football thing where the players seem to be scared of the powers that be. Because I certainly remember when I played in Europe, you could stick up for yourself and the players are the asset. But here, you seem to be um, victimized when you stand up uh, for the players. It certainly happened to me when I was here. I'm not going to mention where, my favorite club. And have you been through, have you been down this rabbit hole before where you sort of stood up for the players and not necessarily yourself and you've just been thrown down, you know, you've been targeted or is that never, I mean, have you come across this at your career in South Africa at all? I've came across uh, such thing um, in all the teams that I've played for. Mm. I think it's, 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 it's a South African thing where as players, the only thing that you're supposed to do or they're expected to do is to play the game. That's it. Yeah. Whenever you you speak out, it seems like um, you're disturbing the team. You're bringing, you know, corruption into the team, and and I faced that so many times. Yeah. And 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 with me was, um, it's because of who I was. So because I'm very influential, whatever that I say, people that are supposed to listen to the message, they take it like I'm 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 bringing corruption into the team. I think that's that's the biggest problem that we have in South Africa. Hence, I always say that South African players we don't have a voice because whenever we speak, it seems like we we are disturbing. We don't know what we're talking about. Nobody wants to listen because we're not allowed to speak. Nobody has an opinion. So we just want all you need to do is just a tool. You are a tool. Do what you're supposed to do. And that's been a problem. That's why you've seen so many issues. Players come out later in their careers and they speak about the issue that disturbed them. They speak about the issue that they couldn't deal with in their teams. And I think, you know, as as because as, these are the people that you see them most of the time. These are like your family. And you should be in a position where you can talk to these guys. You can be able to reach them and have whatever issues that you have sorted out. Because not, not all the time the issue is about money. Right. Sometimes are the smallest things. You all complain about the meal. You know how important the meal is when you're in camp? I'll mm. complain about that. I'm like, guys, can we have more variety in terms of the meal? Because not everybody wants to eat this thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And still, it's within the healthy, whatever the case might be. But it will look like this one wants to do his own thing. Not sure. understanding that at the end of the day, if I don't eat, I won't be able to perform better. Not that I want Nando's or chicken monuscus. I want stuff that I know for a fact that will help me in the game. But can we stop eating pasta every day? But I, I just I just say that like most players, I think it's a South African thing. I think we don't yeah. we don't give a chance to hear uh, to, to listen to the players because that's how it is. Sure. Do you think Do you think sometimes it's the fans as well? Because I have seen. I mean, Deco, you yourself. I mean, you retire a legend, uh, and we know your accomplishments, especially looking back. But there was a period between Pirates and Sundowns where it seemed like fans were turning on you. Is that something that you felt? Yeah, I, I, look, dude, I felt I felt that, um, but. I understood when I was in it because sometimes as a player you 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 play um to to reach a certain level or standard and then the expectations becomes more higher and then once you don't see when people don't see that they become very agitated and start being against you but but I understand that because most of the time in in when that was happening is people being emotional not being factual because when I moved from Milano Paris to, to Mamluk Sundowns, people were just not happy with me moving from Milano Paris, irrespective of the reasons. People never wanted to hear my reasons. People didn't care until the book was out. People started saying, oh, now I understand. But that's like, what, 10 years later? Mm. So now people didn't care why I needed to move. They were like, okay, I'm betraying the team. It's just, it's one of those things because of we in South Africa, we don't have a voice. Not that I wanted to leave because I forced my way out, but like everybody knows, I wanted to go somewhere where I can better my career. Mm. And also at Mamluk Sundowns, it wasn't because Mamluk Sundowns fans were against me. It was just that thing that when you play against a team that has, that liked you when you were playing for, for London Paris. Now you're playing for a different team that wins so much, it becomes a problem. So player teams will be like, I don't like him. I used to like him. I, I still meet people that told me, that tells me I still, I liked when you were playing for Lano Pirates. And in my mind, I'm like, but I didn't win anything. Mm. 
So now, whether you like me at a lot of parts or you like me at Sundowns, it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, as a footballer, I'm playing to win trophies and Mamli Sundowns gave me that. And after I left, London Pirates won trophies. Do you want to tell me that it was me? It wasn't, but it's just that I won trophies somewhere else. Imagine that I stayed at London Pirates for all those years and I didn't win anything. Mm. We wouldn't be having this type of conversation anymore. I don't want to, I, for me, is at that situation where I was, I didn't want anybody to feel pity for me. And I kept quiet about it. And I moved to a team that I think that they would give me a fair chance to play and uh, forget about what's happening off the pitch and focus on the player at hand. And that's what Manu Sundowns did. And I won everything at Manu Sundowns. And I'm forever grateful about it. Yes, sir. But not every move, but not every move can happen that way. But it's just for me, I was very fortunate because of, this is a team that I was playing for that not everybody said when I left Atlanta Pirates that I'll never win anything. Mm. So now, you never liked me in the first place if that's what you're saying. Yeah. If you're saying that about me, which means even when I was playing for London Press, you never liked me in the first place because you should be wishing me good things. Yeah. But now when I was low, Sundowns now winning stuff, they were like, yeah, you were cursed. Uh, what what Mamelodi Sundowns has helped you. Chief, everything that I wanted Mamelodi Sundowns, you can check even the pictures. I'm not wearing a bang, uh, warmer's bangs jacket. I was <laughs> yeah. playing. Yeah, I was not wearing a beep or something. No, I was playing. <laughs> so I've earned every single medal that I got in Mamelodi Sundowns. Amen, and, brother. And, Yes, sir. So let me leave it like that. It's it's just like it's just like it reminds me of two things. I, I remember I'm gonna switch sports for a second. When LeBron left the Cavaliers, went to the Heat, and people were burning when they his burned jerseys. the jerseys and yeah. stuff. <laughs> they were like LeBron, and then he ended up coming back anyway. So hey, now now yeah, you he came back anyway, and he won them uh, the 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 thing. Yeah, the championship. And but, then. Yes, <laughs> but it's just that with slew, it's like as much as the fans are important, right? But I think because there's there's lack of understanding between the fans and the players and the team as well, they will mm-hmm. forever be that. You'll forever find a team that will boo the player without understanding what's happening. Yeah. Like for instance, with the Gabuza story, of course it's it's not the show for it. But Gabuza was booed a lot of times where they, where he throw the jersey into the crowd. That's a bad thing to do. But imagine what drove Gabuza to that point mm. where it could have been stopped earlier on. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's so many things within the teams that we could stop from earlier on. As much as the fans are important, but you understand who are the assets. Yeah. The assets are the players. Yes, sir. So if the players are not playing, your fans can't come to the game. So you can't give fans so much power beyond the players. It's impossible. Yeah, nah. Agree on that one right there. Um, I think that's a pretty much a perfect segue into this week in football history. Today we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. This week back in 1957, Barcelona inaugurated the Camp Nou with a 4-2 friendly win over a Warsaw select team. The stadium's original name was Estadi del FC Barcelona, but it has been known from the beginning as the Camp New or New Ground, the club only officially adopted the name in 2000, though. Uh, This week back in 2005, former Leeds United and Newcastle defender Jonathan Woodgate signed by Real Madrid for £13.4 million, marked his debut in style by scoring an own goal and getting sent off for two bookable offences. Brilliant stuff. Um, this week back in 19, uh, sorry, whoa. This week back in 2014, <laughs> Kaiser Chiefs beat Orlando Pirates 1-0 to win the MTNA title for the 15th time in their history. That's how we wrap up this week in football history. From here, we will move on to uh, a PSL playoffs reaction. So, Leopards stay up, Ajax stay down. Ajax Cape Town will spend another season in the Glad Africa Championship after a disappointing PSL playoffs campaign. Black Leopards had four wins from four, and they will stay in the in the Premiership. TTMFC had four losses from four, but will come up to the Premiership anyway. <laughs> And heartbreak for IX Cape Town. So, initial reactions. You're a former IX Cape Town goalkeeper yourself, Sean. What went wrong? Oh, man. So devastating, hey? You know what? you got to look at the top, Slew. There's always something happening at IX at the top. There's always fighting at the top. And this is why they are where they are. Mm-hmm. That's all I've got. I mean, they, I they can was... go into that. I'm going to make more enemies, but that is the reason. They had a very good... Be careful, Sean. Be careful, Sean. Well, I mean, we saw, good... we saw there was like coaching changes and people fighting. Changes. And... That's what I mean. Yeah, there's just, it's just infighting. And it's just... Uh, Ajax by far had the best team in the NFD this season, by far. Mm. Um, they should have cleaned up and they didn't. Um, 
like I'm not too sure what happened in terms of the coaching uh, department, but you know, to 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 change coaches halfway through a season when you're fighting for your life. It's a tough one. When it comes to the team, they still went into the bubble with a, a, a solid lead. I think it was about seven points. Mm. Then it kind of all fell apart. Uh, and it's been a few years now of Ajax trying to just break that threshold and get into the league. Do you think we will ever see the Ajax Cape Town of old? I don't know, Slew. I don't know what's going to happen to Ajax now, to be honest. It'll be interesting because I know, obviously, Ajax, uh, the, the owners of Ajax Cape Town don't fully own Ajax Cape Town. Obviously, Ajax Amsterdam have invested interest in it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if um, Ajax Amsterdam will stay involved for the next current season. So um, it'll be an interesting one. I hope this isn't another club that's going to be sold. Mm. That's no. I, I don't know if it's worth the headache for the owners of Ajax to to keep on going and keep on going and not getting what they feel they deserve. So um, it's 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 sad times for me personally. Mm -hmm. I love Ajax. They've they they uh, they put me on the map in South Africa, and um, but yeah, it's 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 disappointing, man. I'm asking ask you a tough question, Sean. Yeah. So what? Let's say instead of getting sold, new owners came in, injected some cash, and just decided, you know what? If you can't beat them, buy their status and bought Ajax's Cape Town, Ajax Cape Town status to the PSL. Would you welcome that? I mean, <laughs> what do I say to this? I, I, I mean, you know what? I don't welcome any of it, but it's happening. Yeah. So I'll just adjust to what happens to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what to say to that. It's diplomatic. I'm going to adjust just like the rest of the PSL is adjusting. All right. But I wouldn't be surprised if that happens as well, Stu, to be honest. So it's... It's such a weird one, man. It's 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 very upsetting for me, as you can hear. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I hope what I've mentioned. I hope they don't sell. I hope, uh, yeah. I I just hope the best for them, to be honest. Uh, Deco, I have a much. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a completely different question and and uh, and focus on Black Leopards. Uh, so Black Leopards, after all their struggles, and we know that they've kind of lurked around this area of the of the Premiership for a while. They fought for their survival for for a few times now. Um, when it comes to the structure of relegation and promotion, do you think that it is fair for a team that finishes fifteenth after thirty matches for them to still have another chance to then survive, or do you think that bottom two should just go down straight? Slu, if I was part of that team, I'd say it's fair <laughs> that we get a second chance to redeem ourselves and come back again to the PSL because we all know how important it is and the big money it's in the PSL status. But as a football fan, I've always said this, guys, three in, three out. Finishing club because there's teams that are in NFD, not NFD, uh, Clear Africa, where, you know, you're fighting, you're fighting day number three, you know, you, you, you never get promoted or you always go to the playoffs, you never get promoted. I think in the PSL, for us to to up the standards of the, of the game, I think this thing of fighting for relegation, I think if 30 goes out, I believe, I believe, I strongly believe that the standard of football will go up. We'll never see the same teams fighting for relegation over and over again. And it will be very interesting also to see other teams from different you know, cities to come in from Clare Africa that have been competing in that division for so long. They've been trying to to to, to come into the PSL the right way, not buying the status, not buying themselves in, but the right way. I think it will give them enough chance because yeah. I believe all these teams in the PSL that are fighting and coming back, they have enough chance. 30 games is a lot. I've seen a team that got relegated and then they were brought back in into the playoffs and they still got relegated. So we get relegated twice within the same season. <laughs> so it didn't make sense to me at all. But I understand those are the rules. But I think for us as 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 as, as football in South Africa, as 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 a league that leads in Africa, I think we need to change certain things. We understand that we can yeah. see where it's going, that people are just buying statuses. Okay, fine. How do we improve the standard of football? Because not everybody that comes in with their statuses have quality players. So how do we improve football? Three in, three out, no playoffs. That'll be very interesting because of now you know that there's no time for playoffs. Then it gives all those teams enough time to rest because Black Leopards have got no time to rest. They don't have enough time to rest. Yeah. They don't have time to actually go and sign players and beef up the team. So it becomes another struggle for Black Leopards again. Yeah. We're going to see them in relegation again. So for, to cut that disease, my friend, 
you know, just go to the roots. Three yeah. out, three in. Let's not cut on top where you're doing a brush cut. No, go to the roots <laughs> and cut it out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, three in, three out. Azteco says it will give teams the push to come up from the Glad Africa Championship. One could say it would give them the drive to come up into the Glad Africa Championship. Wow. <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah, you didn't think I would get it. Damn. <laughs> This car of the week is from Raheem Sterling, who is sporting the beautiful C63S AMG. Beautiful. Not to 103.66 seconds. Excellent handling, excellent handling, and sexy as hell. Those awesome leather box AMG seats. There have been a few complaints that it's quite a harsh ride, but it's so much fun to drive, you won't even care. I'm a huge Merc fan, but paying over two and a half million for this just seems a little bit steep, but I still give it a nine out of 10. Yeah, I mean, if you have uh, the type of pound sterling that sterling has, catching my puns over here, oh, I'm killing it right now. <laughs> so bad, so bad, so bad. <laughs> and you'll be fine. But um, if you don't have his type of money, you're going to need some motivation to get it. So. Right. This week, motivational quote is from Coach Darian, who just married our good friend Shai from Sakuradina. Ah. Hey, congratulations, Shai. Congratulations, Shai. He says... Oh, Shai is married. That's great. Can, can, I, can I say my uh, motivational quote or <laughs> yeah. you want to continue? Yes. Don't, don't Life shy, is like the ocean. It swims left and right. <laughs> Life is only really a reflection of what we allow ourselves to see. This is why it is so important to maintain a vision. Nice. I like it. Thanks, Coach Darian. Coach Darian from Orlando Pirates. Coach oh, fantastic. Darian. Big ups. Oh, yeah. And that's that's why Shai has also now moved up to Johannesburg. Correct. She's left yes. us. Yes. She ditched Cape Town. I All am. Right. And that is how we ditch the show. Uh, whether you've been listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Mahikeng 96.7 FM's Game Time. Thank you very much for joining us. I've been your host, Lou Paho. That has been Sean Roberts. And that has been Teko Murise. And we shall see you same place, same time next week. Peace. Yep. Peace out. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a car.